Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to part two here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, uh, the Tuesday, May 24th, part two edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed part one. Uh, if you missed it, you can go check it out on this very feed. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates uh, radio play-by-play man, Greg Brown, came on, and it was great. So it was uh, it was a delightful conversation that you guys should absolutely go check out uh, if you missed it. But uh, yeah, there you go. Go do that. Um, but also on this edition of the Chase Must Podcast, we got Evan Swords of 49er Sub and Lindsay OK, the NFL and Baltimore Ravens reporter. So had great uh, a great conversation with both of them on this edition of the podcast. We talked about all things NFL. We talked about uh, Debo's future, Jimmy G's future in San Francisco. Um, we talked about... Um, we talked about the Ravens and where they're going and Lamar Jackson and uh, how they developed this team around them. Comparisons to uh, Evan going on Twitter and uh, throwing out a comparison for a certain Kirk Cousins and Lamar Jackson and how that spun out of control. But shout out to Evan getting his uh, Twitter account back this week. You love to see it. Uh, Nick Foltz signing with the uh, Colts. We got the Browns bringing back Jadavion Clowney, uh, Bradbury to the Eagles, Peter King of NBC, uh, his really interesting 1 through 32 NFL power rankings. Uh, this is it for Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders. And then ranking uh, the AFC North uh, now that the draft is over, uh, free agency is over, and we can really figure out how this crazy division is going to unfold. So all that and more with Lindsay and Evan on part two here on the Tuesday, May 24th, 2022 edition of the Chase Most Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for checking out the pod. If you're an Apple Pod cast listener or a spotify listener make sure if you haven't already done so leave this show a five-star rating and a review it helps other people find the show and it helps this show continue to grow check us out on youtube oh yeah all these episodes up on youtube uh all kinds of clips and all that good stuff youtube.com type in the chase most podcast you'll find us there tweet at me at chase double underscore thomas like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer uh check out the homepage chase thomas podcast.com and then read all my work uh written content sports stuff at uh sports renaissance man.substack.com type an email never miss an issue that way and uh yeah all right uncle darren let's go Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. Hello, and welcome back to the Chase Thomas podcast, where the off-season NFL podcasts keep rolling along, and we are. And when I say we. Mr. Evan Swords, who is no longer Burner Swords. I don't know why he's still putting Burner up. He's got his hey, account back I after two that. years. Oh, you did? I did. I got my account back literally yesterday. Hmm? I said you can't hate on NSYNC anymore. Well, I mean, I was never hating on NSYNC. I was very, <laughs> very clearly, uh, how do we say... <laughs> defending uh, them while also not allowing jokes about NSYNC. Yeah, I mean, you know, never again. Uh-huh. But all so, I know... Well, yeah. Go ahead. Well, what what is the story? How do you... I've never heard anyone getting their account back after two years of suspension. Especially, I, I just... I, it just caught me completely off guard. I thought you were doing a bit, and I thought uh, it was not a real thing. But it's it's a real thing. So, okay. So, I mean, long and short, what I would imagine is right now is Elon Musk is trying to purchase and acquire Twitter... One of the prevailing issues with this acquisition at the moment is that 
Elon's argument is that the amount of active users that they are trying to say they have is not accurate because how many bots clearly exist within Twitter, which is true. There's an insane amount of bots. We all know that. And so they were at Twitter was trying to say there's like 90% of their users are active or users are active. And Elon's like, absolutely not. So I think right as this is all happening, maybe Twitter is like, well, maybe we got to just start like accepting all the appeals for people that want to get their accounts back. So it looks like we have more active users because hmm. I just saw uh, Brad Graham of uh, the SF 49ers uh, account. I was like, I got my account back. And so I just was like, you know, having appealed on Twitter's like general appeal process probably 20, 25 times and getting, a, you know, a no mm. so many times that finally they were just like, absolutely not, never again. So I appealed again. And then this time it was like, I'm literally like out with friends. Uh, you know, I, I don't even what I was like. I was, we were out at dinner with friends and I got a, I got a notification that's like, yeah, your account has been restored. And I was just like, <laughs> How does that work? Do they just email you your accounts back? Well, yeah, because you submit an, you can submit a formal email. Uh, but how long process. ago was that? Like, how long had that been in the queue? Does it, November does it 2020 is when I oh got God. it banned. But I appealed like um, less than a month ago. I appealed like two weeks ago. Oh, so you just been going back to the well? <laughs> Maybe yeah. they were just like, maybe he'll stop fucking asking. Yes, that's what I was thinking too, Lindsay. Also, Lindsay OK is here. Lindsay, Hi. good evening. How are you? I'm great. Well, how is the out, uh, the I was about to say, how is the off season treating you? I know you're a big reader like myself. What have you been reading uh, to keep you going this off season? Um, I'm reading the new God. What is her name? Oh my God, I'm like totally blanking. But I'm reading this new one. It's called Mad Honey. Mm. It's by a super popular author, and I cannot think of her name right now just because I'm like having a brain fart. But, but you're in the you're reading it right yes. now. You're not yes, finished with it's it. It's very good. It's um. Her books are always, like, a little bit controversial and a little bit, like, make you think a little bit. Okay. So, about, like, a beekeeper who, like, her son, um, I don't want to give any of it away, so. Um, Jody Picoult, is that yes, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. It's, it's so good. Um, and I'm, like, right in the middle of it, and it's her son, like, basically, like, maybe commits this murder, maybe doesn't, and um, he's, like, a senior in high school, and it's, like, his girlfriend, there's a whole storyline of like he was raised in like a, a household that had like domestic abuse in it so it's kind of like is he i guess garnering the, the traits of his father that he or is he or was this an accident so mm. that's kind of like the basis of where i'm at right now okay so yeah. you would recommend this one though and this particular yeah. author yes okay um i'm in the middle of camino island the one of john grisham's books his books are just so easy to burn through. Some books, like, you really have to, like, it's going to take some time. Nonfiction, I always have to add, like, an extra week or two onto how long it's going to take me because I don't know if you're like that. Do you read uh, any nonfiction or are you mostly fiction? I'm mostly, like, a fiction person. But okay. I will pick up, like, a good, like, um, like a memoir or something every now and then. Okay. Yeah, yeah memoirs are cool, too. But fiction or nonfiction, it just... It's so much information and you have to like, I, I don't know, for me, I'll go back and I'll be like, I don't remember two things of, from that paragraph. I got to go back. There, that was a lot of stuff. So if you're reading uh, like The Price of Inequality, I'm looking over here, or like Dark Money and just stuff like that. It's just a lot of stuff that I'm not familiar with. And then it's just a lot of information and you're, you just have to go slow. There's no fast way to get through those. But 
Grisham writes in a way where you're like, all right, 100 pages in, you're like, where did, hold on, am I just moving through? It's it's very quick. He He's very pointed, and it's I, I enjoy his style. It's very different. Um, he, I think he's got a future ahead of him. I don't know what it what the future may, uh, may be for John Grisham, but it seems like he's someone to watch in the uh, in the author category in the author space going forward but that's just just my take um what is your off-season uh like how do you change your off-season kind of strategy Lindsay? i know you do a lot of nfl coverage daily throughout the week during the season how do you how do you change during the off-season well for one i get an extra day off um which during the season i really only have off on saturday mm-hmm. um like friday night i guess is like what i would consider my like off time Um, and then uh, during the season, like Sunday, obviously it's an all day thing and then Mm. it's back to it. So, um, during the off season, I get a weekend. So that's kind of the best part. That's the coolest part. Um, but it's much more lax. Like obviously the news isn't rolling in as quickly as it normally does during the season. There's Mm. no practice right now. So you're not getting like injury updates. There's no press conferences every day. Um, that kind of stuff just isn't happening right now. So it's kind of like if I can get everything done in the morning, then I'll let myself, you know, stop working at two or something like that dur- during the off season. So. Do you go to games as a credentialed uh, reporter? Have you been offered that? And you're just like, I'd, I'd rather not because I want to watch the rest of the games. How does that work for you? Yeah, um, it depends. Like I try to, obviously the past two years have been different, right. COVID, but um you know, I, I try to go to a handful every season just to kind of, you know, get the gist of it. But I try to go to, like, the Sunday night games or the Monday night games or something when there's not a, whole, a ton of games on at once. Mm-hmm. So, because it's hard to keep up with, obviously, yeah. if you're at a game and, you know. Yeah, I mean, getting there, getting back, it's a lot. There's yes. a lot more to it. Uh, Evan, would you take a press pass if you were offered a spot in the box? I would love to have Evan at a press conference and in the box. I think we actually need that in, you know, in this so century. The 49ers up for like two seasons was credentialed. Mm. After, obviously, during COVID, you know, they kind of like really restricted it to just like the primary people that need to be in the box. And I get it. You know, we're not mm. one of them. Uh, but yeah, you know, Scott was local, right? Scott lived in San Jose, uh, pretty close to the stadium. So he was always the one that would go. Uh, I would imagine, yeah, I would love to. I think that'd be great. I, you know, I think about Grant Cohn and all the all the shit, all the nonsense he says in a in a press conference, and I'd love to be the follow up to all his all of his uh, you know questions. But yeah, you know, I'm just I just hate writing. And I, <laughs> like, I just don't like I don't like writing. Like, I've never liked. Like, I feel like I'm a good writer. Um, mm. And I, I have to be a good writer because I passed all of my writing classes in college and never tried. Um, but, like, I just hate it. And I, it's not it's not for me. My brain is not – I need more lights and sounds and, like, you know, things to keep me interested like the child that I am. Was um, that a yellow card reference? Was that intentional? Hey, it wasn't intentional. But yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that was for you. Shout out to yellow yeah. card. They are coming back. Are, is that when you say coming back, like they're touring and were they broken up? So okay. they have been officially retired for multiple years now huh. and they are going to be coming back uh, at Riot Fest in Chicago this year because the lead singer tried to be uh, on his own and failed miserably. But It's hard out there. I mean, Lance Bass, he's been on the circle. Um, he was or I don't even know if he really was because Spice Girls were on. the. Do you watch the circle, Lindsay? 
No. Should I? If Lance Bass is on, I feel like he I'm was on one of the early seasons, yeah. and uh, I saw the Spice Girls. Just I was like, just so happened to be uh-huh. uh huh, in a room where the circle was on. It's a fantastic show. Love, you love that stuff. Is it like Big Brother ish kind of? No, or much I- Big Brother. So it, it, it it is to an okay. extent. Okay. Like, I think it, but I mean, like it is your quintessential house full of people. Yeah, well, kind of. You're you're separate. They're all isolated. So you're doing. You have to kind of figure out if someone's a catfish, if they're not. But you have to work together. And every week, there's new voting, and people get voted in. So you have to like make alliances, and you have to figure. It's very complicated, but it's fun. It's a, an addicting show because you really want to get a feel of where things are going, who's going to win, because there's a lot of strategy involved. I'm all about it. I mean, it's not like Ultimatum or Love is Blind for me. Those shows, just yeah. top notch. I could watch that every day. The The fiance got, got me into reality television because I never watched it before. But when I'm not like watching sports, that's what I'm watching because it's just addicting. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it, but The Ultimatum was an addicting show um i don't know did you watch that no okay it's the off season lindsay i need you to report okay. back on ultimatum in the circle or one or the other but okay. it's uh it's it's pretty great um okay. evan when it comes to the 49ers what is new uh debo i saw is not reporting for otas a lot of people aren't i don't think that's a big deal with otas but no. um what is the latest with your 49ers yeah, so uh, I think there was actually two major, uh, uh, not announcements, but things to discuss. Like, Debo was seen at the Warriors game last night, and he did kind of walk up and say, what's up to Steph Curry? I don't think, you know, like, as, like, tin foil hat as this may be, I don't think if you're Debo Samuel, if you're still like, I hate this city, get me out of here, I want to play somewhere else, I don't think you're walk- going to a Warriors game in the heart of San Francisco and going to say, what's up? to, you know, what is the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. So I think that's a good sign. The reports are that he's basically, you know, they're working towards the deal. Uh, The big news for me, though, and I thought that this was just why you invited Lindsay on, (laughs) to to be honest with you, uh, was that they, they did come out with a report this morning saying that Jimmy and the team are very open at this point um, to, to really like, Finding a good partnership for Jimmy in a sense of they'd be open to working even like a negotiation of salary um, and making it easier for a team to take on his contract. As we know, he's off. He's owed like twenty five million dollars. Um, you he know, just he goes to a good home. We all do. Right. We all just we all hope that he goes somewhere safe <laughs> where they'll love him. And they'll take care of him and feed him well. Yeah. You know, hopefully, he eats better than those Subway sandwich commercials. Well, can we talk about battling? that commercial? It's a ba- he's not funny. That's a bad commercial. Jimmy's I not think getting... it's funny. I Do think you it's, really? I wholly disagree. I think it, like he's you so... think it hits. I don't think he. I don't think there's I think, a feature in it. It's so not... I think Jimmy yeah. is so wholesome and okay. like he's a simple, you know, straightforward guy. Lindsay is hurt here. I think he's wholesome. So I think what he's like. My grandma's a great cook. And she's like, no, I'm not. Like, it's perfect. Because he's just such a, like, he's like just, he's like a, he's a golden retriever. Like, to me. <laughs> like, that's what Jimmy is. He's a golden retriever. He's always happy. He's always in his, he's excited. He's always, like, saying the right thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. He also, like, really hates talking in front of people. Hmm. Like, him, like, being in a commercial is just funny in and of itself, I think. Especially yeah. like a national commercial. Yeah. yeah, Travis Matthew thing was one thing, but like, because he's not speaking, he's not. Mm-hmm. He's just like 
jogging in place or whatever. But like, I mean, the subway commercial is just like it was a lot. It was perfect for what Jimmy is. Yes. I don't think I'm going to win this one. I don't know. I just watched it and I was like, mm, I don't think TV analyst is in it. But that speaks I'm, to like what Lindsay just said, where it's like, he doesn't really like that kind of thing. I could just, I could sense that. He's got, uh, he doesn't have the Peyton, uh, the Peyton no. Manning in him at all. You need no. your host like SNL. Right. That's not no. him. No. Yeah. I mean, he's also like, he's like Andrew Luck, right? Where it's like, he's a very shy, reserved individual who just so happens to be good at football. You know? I would love it. Uh, Andrew Luck hosting SNL like how quickly it just hilarious I do too I think he would be so uncomfortable and so awkward but he would also somehow spin it back to like Game of Thrones yeah Yeah. they would do do a Dungeons and Dragons skit immediately be perfect for him I think he'd be good at it um I don't know well what do you so what is the next I mean it's just amazing that we're still here but the thing I wonder about with Jimmy is I mean Baker I, I, if I was Baker Mayfield, I think it was Trill uh, Withers who uh, quote tweeted this when it came out that uh, Baker was not reporting to OTAs this week. But he was like, no, definitely go do that, Baker. Go report and make this as uncomfortable as humanly possible. Right. Because that's what I that, oh, my goodness, that's what I would do is <laughs> that you want to do this and you want to go down this rabbit hole. And Lindsay, well, I don't know where you're at with Baker, but I think what's happened to him over the last few months is really messed up. And I'm pretty pro Baker, especially with him playing through injuries last year and doing everything he possibly could to stay on the field. And just, I I think people really misconstrue Baker and who he is as a person and kind of like those guys who have the chip on their shoulder where you're just a walk on in college and you have to fight for every little bit and you go number one overall, and there's just something about like just how this has gone down this early on. And he's like, I took you out of the playoffs. You're the Browns. And this was something I worried about with Cleveland, where it's like, you're the Browns. It could be far worse. We can go up and down this list, the Tim Rattays of the world. And you had a good thing. Like, Baker is not a top five quarterback. He's not going to be that guy. But he's competent. He knows how to run Stefanski's game. And he was a playoff guy before he got hurt, and he played extremely injured yeah, this past year. And he, I don't know, but he's still on the market, and so yeah. is Jimmy. So, And there's not a lot of – it's like Seattle, and I don't know where else these guys can go. Like, I don't, I don't know where they can find the right homes for them at this moment. Jimmy's still going to go to a team that has a rookie quarterback. So who makes Plank. sense to you? I, you know, I – Think of the teams that, that drafted a rookie quarterback. I still don't think – I still think Carolina is a, is a tangible option, right? Like, hmm. the sad thing and the, the thing that I'm really curious to see about how it plays out, if the Seattle Seahawks weren't in the, the NFC West, if there wasn't the history that they've had with the 49ers, he would – Jimmy Garoppolo would be a Seattle Seahawk right now. There's no – like, think about it. Hmm. Drew Locke is trash. Geno Smith is trash. They're not – like – Jimmy's not going to be a noticeable upgrade to a lot of quarterbacks, but Jimmy is an absolute upgrade to Drew Locke and Geno Smith, without question. And anyone that doesn't think so is insane. I don't even care if you you know if, if you don't if you don't like Jimmy, whatever. But like the the only thing that is stopping Jimmy from being a Seattle Seahawk right now is the absolute bitter rivalry that the fans have. How do you sell that to the fans? They've watched Jimmy not be good enough to beat the Seahawks. For however long, you know, obviously they they won that one game, but like they've 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 like the Seattle Seahawks have the San Francisco 49ers and, and their starting quarterback synonymous with beating the 49ers, right? From from Alex Smith to Cap, 
like they just they constantly have always had the upper hand. And I don't think you can sell that, but Jimmy absolutely would be an upgrade and they need him. Now that so Lindsay, have they ever has have the Ravens ever I'm trying to think of like them making a strong division trade. Has there been a recent example of Ravens dealing with the Steelers? I'm trying to remember. Is there one recently? Um, I feel like there was uh, I'm blanking. Um It's pretty rare. Yeah. They sent Chris Wormley the defensive oh. end. Okay. And it was the first trade that they'd sent since nineteen ninety seven. Oh wow. So yeah, they did. Yeah, the one it's not really a division rival, but the one that came to my mind immediately was mm. trading Orlando Brown to the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. Isn't like a division rival, but it's um arguably like the team you need to beat and you're trading right. your best offensive lineman to him. But But that's what's interesting too, is like the 49ers and the Seahawks, the list of of ex 49ers that became a Seattle Seahawk, that list is bigger than my ego. But the list of times that the two teams have traded for each other mm-hmm. does not exist. And that's what I think is hilarious. I mean, the last time you can think about it is when they traded Kentuan Balmer, one of the biggest busts in NFL history, let alone 49ers history. Uh, they changed, traded him for a six-round pick. What year and, was that? Uh, that God, that was like 2000, early 2000s, 2000, something like that. Uh, but that's what, to my end point with the, the Jimmy thing, mm. I think that there's a solid chance at this point, just because of how long they waited and the injury stuff being just poor timing. I think he has a, a solid chance of getting cut and becoming a Seattle Seahawks. Oh, wow. So do you think the Debo stuff is done? Like it's all smoothed out now and he's playing week one and it's fine and he's going to get a long-term contract? I don't know that I think it's smoothed out. The reports that I had gotten about Debo not wanting to, to live in San, Santa Clara and not wanting to play for the team... I still like these. This is someone that I trust more than anyone I'll ever meet when it comes to NFL stuff. So, like, I, I you know, I can't say it's true, but but like, it's true. Um, so, I don't think I don't think Debo wanted to be there, but I think Debo was like, I you know, he probably thought, oh, I'm Debo Samuel. I just had one of the best seasons any receivers had. Like, I'm this unique, dynamic running back hybrid. You know, I don't need. I can go wherever I want. And I would imagine that his agent, who is trying to, you know, get the most for Debo and his his player, probably was like, whatever you want, kid. Like, let's go. Yeah, we can do this. And they tried. And as soon as, like, reality sank in where there's – the 49ers were like, yeah, we'll we'll trade you, but we, we want the compensation that we think you're worth. And every team, you you know, just all at the same time was like, no. You're right. Like, what was the what was the report? The Jets, I mean, the Jets even... offer is pretty good. No, it wasn't. Absolutely not. You don't think it was good enough for the Diva? Jets offer was a mid first round pick and swapping third round picks. Oh, I didn't think that was the final offer. Yes, it I was. Thought they had a better offer. No, okay. that was the offer. It was terrible. Oh, well, I think uh, it was better. Maybe there were rumored offer from. There the was Jets. another. I think there was another offer potentially being higher than that, but that yeah. there was never confirmed. Okay, but so I think with that, if you're at that point, you're like. You know, okay, Devo, like, you're, <laughs> go play with Trey Lance. He's an exciting young quarterback. Kyle's still the best situation for you to be in. You can, you're going to get paid. You can live wherever you want on the offseason. You can fly wherever you want on the weekends. You want to go party in Miami? Go party in Miami. Yeah. It is interesting. You Something you, you forget or take for granted, I guess, is not athletes, and this is, like, one of the 
one of the things about the NFL draft or really any sports league where it, you have to go wherever you're drafted and that's just where you live. And that's just, that's a tough thing where I don't think either like any of us here would just be like happy about, Oh, here you're going to Indiana. Right. Yeah. Like whatever. And that's just where you're going to be for a while because that's how the draft works. And that's where you're going to play. If you want to be a professional athlete, that's gotta be hard for, uh, guys, but they make they're well compensated. But it's also just being honest about it. Just don't expect everyone to want to be there, and they have different personal preferences and where they want to live. That's right. interesting. Um, well, Lindsay, where do you where do you want Jimmy to go? Do you see anything like when you're scanning the NFL quarterback landscape? Is there any like outside of the Seahawks? Is there a destination that stands out the most to you? Uh, the Saints. I mm. think he'd fit really well there. Um, I'm not, I don't know how you guys feel about Jameis Winston, but I'm, I mean, he's a good, like, bridge guy, I guess, but mm. I don't even see him as that. I, he's not very good to me. Um, I think Jimmy is an upgrade over him. Um, I also saw him in Indy. I think that would have been a good place for him, but they went with someone who's not as confident as him. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, I thought we were moving on from this. Are you like he's a cult now? Can we move forward? Can we put this to bed? The Matt Ryan, just the, the absolutely Matt Ryan not. No, I, I if Lindsay if Lindsay woke up tomorrow and was like, you know, Matt Ryan is not a bad guy. I would carry the torch just out of principle because it really? is it never yeah absolutely it never you would it cause need, that divide in this podcast, Evan. You would it, cause it that never divide. needs to end. It's something that needs to go for the rest of life. I have, there was a, the weatherman from KGW Portland met with the, the kindergartners at my elementary school in kindergarten. And we all asked for his autograph because we were kids. And he said, sure, I'll get them to your teacher. And he never did it. And, <laughs> t- and to this day, it's on site. I've yelled at him on Twitter. I don't care. I will hold that till the day I die. And and Lindsay should have the same attitude. I what if love it, it wasn't his fault? What if it really? What if your teacher was the one who didn't pass them out? What if she kept them all? For That's herself? what I was thinking too. That's a possibility. You guys are enablers. <laughs> you guys are enablers. Don't don't. We, I mean, not, but yeah, no. I mean, no joke though. I love. I love that the Matt Ryan thing has. It's. I feel like we're breathing new life into it by her, by him going to another team. Well, it's also just the uh, the Baltimore dy- dynamic there. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts leaving Baltimore in, uh, late in the evening. So there is that dynamic. Lindsay's not on board with that. Lindsay, do you her. think this is going to... my time. I can't like hold that against them. Do you think so. this is going to help all the psychopaths that yell at you on Twitter? What? Now that now that like he's no longer a Falcon? Oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> There's still... You well, can, less, you, you can less Falcon psychos, right? Because they're um, just not... Oh God! There was one that said something to me the other day. I forget what it, what it was. It was one of many. L- Lindsay found a way to unearth literally the worst human beings I've ever seen on Twitter. Like, she, like it, it collectively. I don't know. Like, I didn't know like that type of horrible human being existed. But they were Falcons fans. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot. Some of them like aren't even Falcons fans. Some of them are just deranged. Right. Like today, I said something. I tweeted something about how. Um, the guy who covers the Ravens for the athletic had this report about how, um, Lamar Jackson's like working on his accuracy with 
um, the this new this quarterbacks coach. And I tweeted that, and people were like, "Stop hating on Lamar Jackson. Why are you dissing Lamar Jackson?" I was like, "I'm fucking not. I'm saying he's working with the new quarterback coach to improve his accuracy, which he himself said." By the way, by the way, I also wondered if this was why we brought Lindsay on. Lindsay, did you see my Lamar, uh, the 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 vitriol I got for talking about Lamar Jackson? I, yes, I did. I meant to uh, message you about that. Chase, what did happened? you see it? No, I did not. What happened? Uh, this is hilarious, Chase. Because if you did, it would probably been like the first thing we talked about. So. <laughs> All you I said about him. So I woke. I woke up in the morning, and, and remember, what day is this? Uh, this was two days ago, or okay. yesterday, maybe. Uh, Friday, uh, something. But Friday. ask, ask Lindsay, because Lindsay and me have been following each other for a while. No one is a bigger supporter of Lamar Jackson. No one, like I have constantly. I remember I shaved my head because I said he would be drafted before. I don't even remember what the quarterback was. I think it was like Josh Rosen, or I don't know. But I, I remember I was like, if if Lamar Jackson get doesn't get drafted before blah blah blah, I will shave my head because I'm that big of a Lamar Jackson fan. I always have been. But I was like, I saw these tweets when I woke up that were like, uh, you know, like basically saying Kirk Cousins is so much worse than Lamar Jackson, and I think Kirk Cousins is demonstrably worse than Lamar Jackson. I don't think that's a debate. I think it's very clear Lamar's better. But I, I woke up, I saw all these conversations, and I was like, I don't think you all realize that, like, the gap between Lamar and Kirk, I, I, I think it's a lot closer than you think. I wasn't saying that they're, that they're, like, I wasn't saying that Lamar's worse. I wasn't saying Lamar's bad. I was simply saying, I think the gap is smaller than you think. And Croc, bless his sweet little <laughs> instigating heart... Like, quote tweeted it with, like, the J. Cole video of, like, who told you that? And, like, made it seem, I don't know, like, I think, like, just, like, it got into the the ether that I was, like, saying something bad about Lamar Jackson. And, I mean, I muted it when I had, like, 60 quotes, 60 quote tweets on my, like, seven likes. It was uh, first time in my life I've ever been ratioed, and it was aggressive. (laughs) And, obviously, of course, it's, you know, out of context and no one had any understanding. But, like, Lindsay, like... These they're, people are insane. They're fucking insane. They are. You can't say, like, even if you said, like, oh, like, I said something one time about how, um, oh, Lamar's, like, the best athlete ever on both sides of the ball whenever he's on the field, but he needs to be more accurate. That's not That's not saying he's bad or anything. It's just saying he he's not perfect. He needs to work on that. What's bad about that? And, like, I'm- he's just get this idea in their heads that you're completely dissing him and like you're completely just like saying he's a bad player saying he doesn't deserve to be here blah 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 and it's like nobody is saying that you're making this up in your head they do this all the time but even still it's like i get it from a sense of like lamar jackson probably has never gotten like even when he was an mvp like he has for the most part had a lot of people who are discrediting him as a passer all these things And I know, and I personally think Lamar has some issues as a passer. He's not bad by any means, but he clearly has areas that he can improve as a passer. And you, you know, like I think the people that want to defend him, like they get really excited. Uh, but yeah, but that was the point that I was making. I was like, if your goal is to have someone that has a a bunch of crazy stats, a bunch of yards, and loses in the playoffs. You're getting the same end result with Kirk or Lamar. 
They're both one and three in the playoffs. Lamar's stats in the playoffs are like, I mean, you know, he's thrown three touchdowns in four games. He's thrown more interceptions than he's thrown touchdowns in in the playoffs, and he's one and three. But that, but I mean, oh my god, I was getting lit up. Yeah. Hmm. And then they'll always say, well, Kirk Cousins was never MVP. And yes, that's true. But Lamar was also an MVP a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. Not well, been the same player since then. And like, do you think well, that's so- part of the reason that they're not signing him to a long-term extension? Or do you think it's just that he's representing himself? There's a lot of weird stuff going on with Lamar's extension. Like, what do you think is actually going on there? Well, Lamar was the MVP, first off, what, 2020? No, it's one the year before his yeah. first year full time. So I think it was twenty eighteen to nineteen. Okay, so it was twenty nineteen. Yeah. Okay, so like but yeah, twenty eighteen season I think right, and then how that works or no? Maybe I'm misremembering. Well, I'm no, cause, oh, because he didn't. Did he not go to the playoffs though? Hmm. I have to pull that up. I'm not sure. Because that that's kind of my thing. It's like. His, well, he, he was an MVP, right? His first full season as a starter. So that first year mm-hmm. when he came in towards the late half of the season. Yeah, when he had 3,100 yards and they had a crazy amount of rushing yards, right? Yes. You guys can keep talking. I'm the one that wants to look <laughs> all this stuff up. Yeah, he won, his, he won it in 2019, mm-hmm. right? He had 3,000... Whatever, 36 touchdowns is the big thing. 36 touchdowns, no, barely any interceptions, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And he had a good season that year. And he yeah. had two two touchdowns and one interception in the playoffs. And then he kind of sucked afterwards every year in the playoffs. Yeah. I also just, I hesitate with the playoff stuff because, I mean, he, he played really well in the Titans playoff game. Like, I remember he yeah. ran all over Tennessee, and what he did in that game was pretty pretty good. That was, that was the on game. the rip. Yeah. That was good. Um, so I guess that was that, his, was that his only playoff win? Is that still it? Just yeah. the Titans win? He's one and three, just like yeah. Kirk Cousins. Um, I don't know. I just think the difference with Kirk and him, it, it's just that, like, Lamar is the offense, and Greg Roman designs his offense, and every player on the offense is built around Lamar Jackson in mind. Like, okay, right. Hollywood Brown is drafted because of Lamar Jackson. Mark Andrews is drafted because of Lamar Jackson. We are bringing in J.K. Dobbins and running back this and running back that because of Lamar Jackson. Kirk is more of like, you're throwing him in, like, uh, we're, we're drafting Thielen, Stefan Diggs, whoever. We're going to just best player available all across the board. And then we think he his floor is high enough to get everyone who we drafted and developed to get them where they needed to go. But and isn't that like a isn't that like your the team is going? That's the thing that I don't understand. He's the like, last piece, and I'm saying Lamar is like the first piece. Well, but I, what I'm saying is like everyone is like their argument is like, well, Lamar won an MVP, and mm-hmm. also the Vikings have had a better offense, and they have right. The Vikings have had uh, you know Diggs, Thielen, Jefferson, right? Mm-hmm. But to your point. The Ravens every year are giving Lamar Jackson weapons, right? Like, like they are. They're like going out of their way to to cater to him, which is right? what you should do when you draft a first round quarterback and a quarterback who has a different skill set. You have to do everything like go all out. Like every year should be how do we maximize what he can do for us. So that's what. So what happens if Hollywood Brown and Lindsay? This is more of a you question. What happens if Hollywood Brown goes? off next year and he wasn't able to with Lamar 
Because didn't he have issues with Lamar as a passer? Yeah, I mean, he was he was the player that was going on Twitter after every game and complaining about how he didn't get the ball enough. You know, like mm. he was that guy. And while I get it, I mean, you're not in a wide receiver friendly offense. That's just like how it is. That's nobody's fault. It's not Lamar's fault. It's not John Harbaugh's fault. It's like, that's just, it is what it is. Um, But that being said, like wide receivers are not lining up to play in Baltimore. They do not Mm. want to play there because of that. Um, It's just like, I mean, as a wide receiver, your job is to catch the ball. If you have a quarterback like Lamar, and this isn't a diss on Lamar, you're not going to have many balls thrown your way. Mm-hmm. The ones that are, I mean, Mark. Why Andrews, does he target Mark Andrews and the Titans so much? Yeah, Why do you think that is? I just think he has the most trust with Mark Andrews. I and mean, I, look at Greg Roman. Yes. Right? Look at Cap and Greg Roman. Vernon Davis had some good seasons, didn't he? Like that's just, yeah. and that's the thing. Like I, you know, that's. I've always been a huge Lamar fan. I think Lamar is one of the most insane, athletic, just just pure lightning in a bottle. Right? He's insane. He's incredible. But I, I've also seen this before. I've seen Greg Roman bring this young, dynamic, mobile quarterback with an arm, and they'll do crazy things, and the running game's amazing, but then the, all of a sudden the passing really starts to stall, and then everyone starts getting on the quarterback about how he can't pass, or yada, 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 and he's terrible. So, you know, do I know that it's literally Greg Roman's fault? No, I, I can't prove that. But, I mean, we're watching the same story again, and I, I that's... Maybe that has a little something to do with why I'm like, hey, you know, I don't know. It all kind of. It all well, comes do you think together. it fell on Lamar? Who do you think it fell on? Why the Ravens had the season they did this past year? Because I think that was a big surprise to a lot of people. Do you think it was mostly injuries? What was it? Um, I think injuries had a a very large part in it. Just because, I mean, the first like half of the season when they had like a couple guys go down, and it mm-hmm. was like, okay, this sucks, but like we can still make it work. And then you had key guys go down, like Marlon Humphrey went down, mm-hmm. Lamar eventually went down. I mean, those are like the problem with the Ravens is like they have those guys that those star players that are expected to be great, and everyone else around them is kind of just good. Like Hollywood Brown was kind of just good, mm-hmm. um, you know. And like if Mark, for example, if Mark Andrews goes down next year, what are you gonna like? What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. So it's like those there's really no there's really no room for error as far as like having to replace a player like that. Um and I mean I hate the injuries excuse because like every team deals with injuries. I mean the mm-hmm. Titans the most injuries in the entire league and they went to the playoffs. So like to use injuries as an excuse for like not going to the postseason like really doesn't sit well with me. But I just think it's a big collection of things for the Ravens. I think the players need to play better. I need, I think they need to start getting humbled by losses. Um, I just feel like they think they have it in the bag every year. And when they don't, it's kind of like everybody wants to blame somebody. Like everybody wants to blame John Harbaugh. Everybody wants to blame Greg Roman when really it's just a collection of things. Um, Hmm. Or has to play better. His wide receivers need to catch the ball better. I mean, the offensive line play needs to be better. It's just a whole bunch of things need to be better. And it's not any one person's fault. Hmm. Well, I mean, they have a lot of offseason change. So you bring in Mike McDonald from Michigan, who had a great year. Um, he has a, obviously, he, he just cannot help himself. He's going to work for another Harbaugh. He, he cannot yeah. get away. Um, <laughs> but 
they I thought they had a great draft. Um, the defensive talent now is pretty well. Patrick Queen, has he turned the corner? Because people were really hard on him after that rookie year, and I know he improved a little bit. There was a good piece in Go Long TD by Tyler Dunn a few months back about him. Uh, but that was somebody... Uh, the the Ravens is interesting because like Eric DeCosta just following Ozzie Newsom in this way where... I think we just pencil in most Ravens draft picks just hitting. <laughs> like They just get the benefit of the doubt where when the Ravens draft, you're just like, those are, what a great pick. Ojabo, great pick. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, great pick. And it's just because the Ravens, they it's earned. It's this well-earned uh, identity where they you can change the offense. You can uh, bring in different guys. You can go to Jim Caldwell. It can be Greg Roman. It doesn't really matter. Uh, we're still the Ravens, and we're still going to draft and develop defensive talent uh, super well, super well. But Wink's gone now, and you bring in um, McDonald. There is, I just, I just don't see a we go through this depth chart. And I mean, they used a lot of draft capital on the secondary and on the defensive line, but they don't really have any holes. Like Kyle Hamilton's not going to be asked to do a whole lot as a rookie, which is pretty great for him. Um, you bring in Armor Davis, who I like a lot. You get a healthy Marlon Humphreys back. Marcus Peters is still in the building. You still have Clayus Campbell. You have just guys everywhere. And um, I guess we'll see what happens with OA this this year. Um, he's he's to have a big year for uh, Baltimore. But I think it's that's all extremely interesting. And kind of speaking to what we were saying about how they're looking at draft capital and what Greg Grumman wants to do, is they're like, we're going to use all of our resources on the defense, and right. we are going to – and the running game, where Gus Edwards, who I've always liked a lot, Tyler Batty, who is a was a great SEC running back. I watched him a lot in college. I think he actually could be a really good player for Baltimore, and in this game I wouldn't be surprised if he popped off in Baltimore. But it's just Bateman now. Everything else, there's no serious That's... investment in the first round in receivers anymore. They've pivoted away from that, which is interesting, but it's like it's a, they're going well, all in on an ideology that like we can have different opinions on, but at least they're committing to it. Like that well, they're committing to this is how we think we can win. And I think it's fascinating if it's so actually going to happen. This is what I'm curious about, Lindsay. Like there's been a large discussion for a long time about how, you know, how to rank Lamar Jackson as a passer, right? He's obviously done some incredible things. His MVP season, like, those are video game numbers. Like, no one will ever do that again. In my opinion, I don't know that if that'll ever be repeated again. But, like, it's, it's, it's out there in the ether that, like, he struggles as a passer sometimes. And you just, you, just, you just drafted Hollywood Brown for him, and now he's gone. And you didn't draft a wide receiver in the draft. So... You know, are they giving up on him as a passer? Like, are they just saying we're going to win with rushing and defense? Or, like, you know, I mean, like, is Mark Andrews really just going to be the the sole beneficiary? Yeah, I think they're, like, all in on Rashad Bateman. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have, like, Mark Andrews. You have J.K. Dobbins you're going to get back after he was hurt all last year. And like Chase said, they, they, they know they can win this way like versus the alternative mm-hmm. um, because I mean, defenses get played to or get paid to. Um, I say this all the time. Like, it's not that like people are figuring out Lamar. They're figuring out how to make him one dimensional in order to beat him, which is what defenses do. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you can't say that defenses, you know, figured out Lamar. You're going to get 60 quote tweets and you're like, <laughs> like Evan did, but, um, but that's the NFL. Like people, yeah. uh, 
I mean, Patrick Mahomes got figured out a little bit in the AFC title game. Like, what happened to him in the AFC championship game was wild. We have never seen that iteration of Mahomes, and the Bengals were just in his head. Like, there is nothing else you can say other than the Bengals figured out Mahomes and really got in his head, and that's what makes this so hard. Being a quarterback in today's NFL is extremely difficult, and you kind of have to, like, reinvent yourself a little bit every year, and Josh Allen's done that. I mean, guys have to do that to stay atop of their game, and... I, I don't know. I still think you might as well ride out with this ideology and then you'll see. But I also understand why they're like, we cannot, the long term, it's just, he's not someone, it seems like, who is going to be an MVP type guy at 32. He's not probably going to be that guy. But I also think you can win a Super Bowl in this window with Lamar. With the right pieces, with the right defense, with the right luck in the playoffs, I could see that happening for you. So if you're going to do that, you're going to do it. But I also wouldn't give a bunch of guaranteed money over the next four to five years because it's just one bad injury is just yeah. it just scares me. So I understand yeah. where they're coming from, but I don't know. I think the Ravens are going to be one of the more interesting teams in the, in the AFC next year because, I mean, before last year, everyone was so high on them and just where they were atop uh, the AFC. And a lot of people put them in the Super Bowl. They were like, oh, they, like they were still in that tier. And now with the AFC West just loading up and the Bengals going on their Super Bowl run and the Steelers moving on from Ben and final and we'll see what Pickett's like and I just I'm curious because the AFC is so loaded where Baltimore falls in this hierarchy next year. I think they're one of the biggest boomer bust teams I think uh going forward. Um around the NFL though, Nick Foles, he winds up back with Frank Reich to replace Carson Wentz because that's just how uh, sports goes sometimes. Evan, what do you what do you make of Foles reuniting in Indy and uh, just what a what a locker room full of leaders, Nick and Matt Ryan. I I'm just they've got me. No more emotional investment in the Falcons this year. I I can't do it. Going two and fifteen. I'm just putting all. They sign Julio. I'm telling you, if the Colts sign Julio to a camp deal this summer. I'm so just Ryan I'm all. Say it again. So Matt Ryan can overthrow him. Okay, that's. <laughs> Right. Those are well, I, you know, I got to say, Lindsay. though, I got to say, though, Julio's probably lost a step enough now that where, you know, it'll be it'll get overthrown even more. He OK, I, the, the Julio slander. I just so what I would say is this. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles is exactly where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. He's a strong backup that you hope never plays. Matt Ryan is getting a little bit older. It's good insurance to have. They don't want to be in a situation like they were in, right? They had Philip Rivers or, or you know, what was the, the ghost of Philip Rivers, right? Then they go and, and obviously they've had not a lot of fun at the quarterback position the last couple of years. So I like the signing, obviously, you know, being able to pair up with some familiar faces. Foles is probably really happy. I'm sure Carson Wentz is so happy right now that he's not going to be the backup in Washington. Like he's just like, get away from me. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I am, I, am, I am cautiously optimistic about the Colts. I, I want the Colts to do well. I want them to be good. Um, but I don't know. They're another team in the AFC this year that it's just I'm the so Jonathan, curious. It's the Jonathan Taylor show. Just like the t- Tennessee Titans with Der- Derrick Henry, they'll go as, as far as Jonathan Taylor takes them. I don't know if that's true this year. I mean, Of course you don't. It's Matt Ryan. 
Yeah, if they start Nick Foles, I mean, he has some. Yo, who knows? The sky's the limit. Yeah. He knows how to win occasionally. Proven Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Didn't blow a 28-3 lead. <laughs> this was a mistake. Um, Got sunburned all the time. Lindsay, uh, yeah. Jadavian Clowney <laughs> is back in Cleveland. Um, when you saw this, what did you what did you make of Clowney returning to the Browns? Um, I think it makes sense. I also heard a, a report that he would not have re-signed in Cleveland if Baker was the starter. So I found that kind of interesting. That's so weird. I just the Cleveland. I just I. I feel really bad for diehard Cleveland Browns fans. Um, this was kind of where I was at with the Falcons, and I just I'm I'm quite grateful the certain quarterback saga did not end as it looked like it was going to end in Atlanta for a while. I'm glad it did not go that way uh, because that would have been just I really I still don't know what I would have done. I, I don't know how I would have approached it. It would have just sucked, and I. And I know I speak for a lot of other Atlanta fans that I know that it just it would have been rough and women. Yes. And I just like, what do you do if you're a Cleveland Browns fan? You're a woman right now. Like, I just I don't. (sighs) What I think is really interesting is do you remember that report that came out? that said that they wanted an adult at quarterback Mm -hmm. instead of Baker Mayfield, like to have that come out, like whether that like came from an actual person inside the building or not, but to have that come out and then sign someone like Deshaun Watson is just like, if I were Baker Mayfield, like that is like the, that is just like, I'm going to fuck you over forever. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we haven't even talked about it on the pod yet, but like the, the, the Deshaun news is not done. Like they just came out with like, what, like Bryant Gumbel on real sports is going to have like some of his accusers on. I think it's two. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the Deshaun Watson stuff is not done. And, like, that cap hit is insane. The only thing that I'm curious about is, like, even though I think the, the Cleveland Browns are just a, the worst run, they're just a terrible organization and they deserve all the pain and suffering they'll, they'll get, do you think that there's, like, an out clause for, like, contract de- detrimental to the NFL? Like, do you think that they can, like, make the case if it gets really bad or if a lot of stuff comes out? Because it's, it's, like, right now – it's all like it's a hundred percent cap hit. Like his entire contract is fully guaranteed, right? Like, do you think they can get out of that contract? Probably because, not. No, because information yeah. comes out. No, I don't think so. So, so what happens? What happens if like more information comes out? Are these well, interviews gets, right? I mean, he gets paid and just gets put on ice. It's probably what happens. Yeah, but like, can a team really like? I mean, that like that's a. But they did that to I don't feel like uh, that's their problem. That is, uh, that is, I mean. They took we, that chance. Yes. 100%. Oh, I, once again, I want to see them fail. I need to see Deshaun Watson get in more trouble and more information coming out. And then he, they're without a quarterback and they're paying $150 million or whatever it is. I want that to happen. But I'm just curious, like. Even if you are, like, desperate to have what you think is a franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson, just from a talent perspective, like, they never once, like, did anything to, like, protect their investment. 
I think it's one of those when you were when Lindsay you were talking about the adult part of it. I think what they mean and they weren't saying was just we wanted a superstar quarterback. Where it was just like we want someone an adult in the room in terms of like we want someone who we know we can win a Super Bowl with who has like the top five MVP talent and Baker players see that kind of stuff where they're like Baker is he's fine like he's good but he's not going to be the guy that gets us over the hump what they meant adult in the room is just the guy who can carry the team by himself and rally the troops and like what he did in Houston and he was phenomenal and doing it with just a really really poorly run organization and the superstar talent is just evident like Deshaun Watson is one of the five most talented quarterbacks in this game but it's the other stuff and it's risk. I I don't even know what's going to happen with the HBO. Like it's just it's like Evan said, it's not even close to being over and we don't know what like he had, it's just so hard to speculate on because we really don't know what the NFL is going to do with any of this yet and the new CBA, like how that will affect things um yep. because I think things would be a little bit different based on you read the reporting on it is certain things changed on that regard and NFL power and just, I don't know. I, I really don't know which way it's going to go, but it's one of those things that it just, it's going to be messy uh, for the foreseeable future, I think in Cleveland. Um, James Bradbury though, he wound up in Philadelphia. He gets cut by his New York giants and that was a cap thing. They wanted to keep him around, but because of their cap situation, they had to move on. And then uh, he proceeds to sign with division rival Philadelphia um, Evan, I know you kind of wanted Bradbury in San Francisco. Do you like this fit for Philadelphia, who I think, when you look at their roster and this group now, it's a really, really talented team. And, I mean, you trade for A.J. Brown. You really – it feels like they're they're really close because the NFC East is down. Uh, the Cowboys, I think, will be a little bit worse this year. I'm not a Washington believer. I feel like it's right there for the taking that if Jalen takes the step forward that Philly fans and Howie Roseman and company want, I just, I feel like they're the favorites and Bradbury is just one of those deals. You're like, Oh, Howie Roseman, he does it again. I will say this. You, you know, I'll never be the kind of person to like say like, I'm this like, you know, NFL brain. I know everything. I watch tape. I grind the tape. You know, I'd like, that's not me. I'm a fan. Mm. purest standpoint i like watching football i love the nfl so as a as a very uneducated individual in the nfl like the eagles really don't impress me now their roster sure has gotten significantly better over the last couple of years but like as a fan once again i'm not a former nfl player i'm not a former college player i'm just some idiot you know watching jalen hurts there's no wow factor Right, like there's really like he's obviously struggled a lot, right? He had a lot of bad games. He had some good games, but he had a lot of bad games. So like, I just don't know how much AJ Brown can help as far as like taking the top ceiling that you need to get to that next level. Do I think they can win the NFC East? Yeah. Do I think that they can maybe win the first round of the playoffs? Maybe. Maybe who knows? Maybe they can go in as like a wild card or something. I don't know. But they're not, to me, they're not going to go deep into the playoffs. They're certainly not winning a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts. So it's like, I, you know, if you're James Bradbury, I'm sure you're like, I love, the, I love the defensive scheme. I love the talent around. Like, I think I can really thrive in that position. Maybe he likes the city or whatever. But like, opposite Darius Slay, big play. Right, Slay. you're not winning a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know, but like, I say that, and like, they're the one team that actually won a Super Bowl with a bad quarterback. So like. I just, I don't know, is lightning going to strike twice? 
Jalen Hurts is the leader, man. I love Jalen Hurts. Dating back to his time at Bama, Jalen Hurts is one of my favorite uh, quarterbacks in this league. Um, dude's a warrior. I uh, I have a lot of respect for him. What do you think, Lindsey? Do you think they're, with Bradbury, with their moves to bring in A.J. Brown this summer, with who they took in the draft, two Georgia standouts and Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean, I mean, there's a lot of – they bring in uh, Hassan Reddick. They have guys everywhere. And, I mean, their offensive line's good. Their running game's strong. They have pass rushers. They have talent where you want talent. And Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown is a really good combination. Does this feel like we should go ahead and say, like, they should be better than the Cowboys next year? Yes, they should be, as I think, like, the Cowboys are their main competition in that division. Like you said, Mm. the – Washington's not doing anything. The Giants aren't doing anything. But that being said, like, I also feel like the Eagles are only going to go as far as Jalen Hurts takes them. Mm. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I don't think he's horrible. I think he's he's a good enough starter. But I just, again, if it was, if it was a situation where you had the option of Jalen Hurts and then, like, a Deshaun Watson, just because we were just talking about him, like, I'm taking Deshaun, you know, every day. So yeah, it's like he's not one of those guys that you're afraid. Nobody's afraid to play Jalen Hurts. So um, that being said, I, I I also am I subscribe to the theory that the Eagles are prepared to move on from Jalen Hurts. I thought they were going to do it this year. I thought they were going to be, you know, one of those surprise teams that took a quarterback. Um, but they also have the Saints pick from mm. next, next year. So I think they're 100% set up to move on from him if he ends up, you know, yeah. screwing up. Hmm. We'll see what happens there. We'll see. I'm curious. They're another just wild card team to me that I'm, I'm fascinated by. Peter King, uh, who has a really good column on Mondays on Pro Football uh, Morning in America on PFT.com, um, he did his 1 through 32 power rankings heading into this year. And this list was wild that i was expecting a pretty uh i don't know just kind of like a standard procedure type uh rankings and boom justin herbert and the chargers are number two on his preseason power rankings and i know evan's just like oh i'm all in i'm all in on this i don't know this was pretty wild to me um Lindsay, what did you what did you make of his one through 32 was there one spot for a team that jumped out to you most um, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm not, a, I know they won the Super Bowl last year, but I'm still not sold on the Rams. I think a lot of it was them getting lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then again, like the NFC is. The, Hold on real quick, Lindsay. Oh. Big old Jimmy Garoppolo supporter over here saying they got lucky because of Jimmy Garoppolo's mistakes. No. <laughs> I, I was just, I was going to check. I had to I had to get, get a pulse check real quick. Um, but you know what I mean? Like I just, I, and like that being said, like going into this year, the NFC is the weaker of the two mm-hmm. divisions. So they could get lucky again. That's what I mean by that, Evan. Not any. Gym- I had to ask. I had to ask. My face is turning red. <laughs> okay. Um, but I mean, putting them at, four above the Packers and even above like Cincinnati and Tampa. Like I just, I don't know. I'm, I I guess you have to kind of put them up there because they won the Super Bowl, but I'm, 
I don't know. I'd take a, I'd take a couple of the other teams before I take the Rams. So I was reading an article today on, you know, the NFL uh, came out with an article a little earlier about the most complete teams heading into 20, 2000 or 2022 is mm. by Mark Ross. Uh, and you know, he's got the bucks number one, which, uh, uh-uh, sorry, no, thank you. Uh, I just, I'd like, it, no, I'm like, I don't like well, there's everybody no timetable for Godwin's return and they, Gronk's still not resigned. Well, Gronk's going to resign at the 11th hour. Everyone knows that he wants to keep drinking. Uh, but like, you know, they, everyone keeps clapping their hands about Leonard Fournette coming back, but they never really actually believe in Leonard Fournette. They're just happy when he succeeds. But like, you know, the chargers really did. They re-signed Mike Williams, which was a big thing. They added Gerald Everett, who I thought was like a low key huge free agent signing for the Seahawks last year. Um, you know, Isaiah Spiller in the fourth round, you know, draft nerds were huge fans of that. And then on top of that, you know, they, they, they really added a lot, right? They signed Khalil or they traded for Khalil Mack, right? Shut down corner, JC Jackson. Like I could have just opened the conversation with Khalil Mack, JC Jackson and stopped talking and that would have said everything. But, like, dude, like, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr. Like, they are absolutely loaded. The biggest problem that Justin Herbert has had is that his team, and more importantly, his defense, has struggled. And they went out and added J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. Counter. Russell no. Wilson and um, Patrick Mahomes are still in his division. And I just, if you're putting them number two, you think that they're going to be the best team in the AFC West next year. And if there's one thing I've learned about Chargers football, it's things do not go according to plan very often. Excuse and, me. Mm-hmm. One second. Just. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the AFC West. That is not an accurate statement. I don't care. What we'll we'll all look back on this at the end of the season, and you tell me what, what happened. So Lindsay, we, he's still very upset that um, I we have had a long-standing Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert beef, and I've been pro Joe Burrow for a very long time. And that's a hard was, one for me. Uh, no, but I, no, but Lindsay's a huge Justin Herbert fan too. She knows. Mm-hmm. And once again, I'm not anti Joe Burrow. I really was. I loved how much you loved Joe Burrow because it mm-hmm. allowed me to root for him mm-hmm. throughout throughout the playoff run. But I'm I'm not, I'm I'm serious. At the end of the season, we're going to look at what Russell Wilson did, what Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes set, did, and what Justin Herbert did, and we're all going to say Justin Herbert was the best quarterback this year. Oh wow, we got to wait but a long time. You have that, and then you think they're also winning the division, though. You think they win the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's like – I'm excited to see what happens. We even talked about the Raiders in terms of this because the Raiders are still going for it. But, I mean, Devontae Adams in the building. Like, I don't know. The Raiders. Are still there. If the Broncos brought back Vaughn Miller, mm-hmm. I, w- I would have been like – it would have been hard. Right, and we all thought that was going to happen. People were talking about like his, his lockers ready to go, all the above. But Von Miller's in Buffalo now, and Khalil Mack and Randy Joey Gregory, Bosa though, is in uh, Denver. They stole Randy Gregory at the eleventh hour from the Cowboys. Oh yeah, you know Khalil Mack, Randy Gregory. Where, where are we at? I'm just saying, I I think they'll be fine. All I'm saying is the Broncos defense should still be pretty good. Pat, Patrick Sertain is really and good also, player. And, 
he was good last year. It would, let's let's not let's not leave him off the hook. Russell mm-hmm. Wilson hasn't been the same Russell Wilson the last two years. He's not he's not the same. He's not. I mean, do I think that Russell Wilson can do better now that he is out of the the bottomless hole that is Seattle? Yeah, I do. I think he'll probably do better, but I don't think he is Hall of Fame. Super Bowl winning Russell Wilson that you saw in the first couple of years. You don't think that happens with Nathaniel Hackett and that group of receivers in Denver? I don't know. He, it's not that I don't think that they're incredible. It's a great supporting cast. It's more about how good and how high that ceiling was at Russell Wilson's best. Russell Wilson is an undeniable Hall of Fame quarterback who's been in the NFL for 12, 13 years now. Like, mm. I, it's just, it's, it was nothing against him now. It's everything about, like, you know, supporting and shouting out what he had done and how incredible mm. he was. It's hard, to, it's, hard to, it's hard to play at that level that he used to play at. Justin Herbert's there. He is, in that, he is that age right now. Like, he has it, he's at his prime. Right. I don't even know if he's at his prime. I think he and Burrow are still not even there yet. I think they, yeah. they got some time uh, before they get there. I will say that what, the one team that jumped out to me from this list from Peter King was Detroit at 20, which, like, I <laughs> I get that there's some optimism. They had a great draft, but Jared Goff is still under center for this team. And he put, let me just throw out the teams that he put behind Detroit to put them at 20. Indy, Arizona, Pitt, uh, Washington, the Jets, and the other ones I was like, okay, they'll probably be better than those teams. But in front of Indy, Zona, Pitt, I mean, maybe even Seattle, you could sell me on that. Washington, I don't know, man. I think they're still a year or two out from really making some significant noise and getting this thing, this ship turned around. But I don't know. I'm not buying the Detroit stock as of yet. Dan Campbell can say that you don't need an elite quarterback to win in this league. That sounds great in the offseason. I just, once the season rolls back around, I think this is going to be ugly again uh, in Detroit. I don't, I don't see them being the twentieth best team in football this year. I, I think they're a fun story. They fight hard for Campbell, but I don't, I don't see the wins. I don't see that being being an op- I don't see that being an option. I kind of want to do like a whole. I want to check out some gambling odds of like Detroit having a better record than Indy. Um, I know you will probably not want to do that with the Matt Ryan factor there, but. Um, could this be it, Lindsay, for Daniel Snyder in Washington? There was a new report out from Jared Bell of USA Today about NFL owners are reportedly fed up with Snyder counting votes on a forced sale of the Commanders franchise. Do you think there is a real possibility Snyder is removed as the owner of the Commanders? Um, I would like to see it happen, but I think that if it were going to happen, then it would have happened by now. Hmm. I mean, that's just like, why are they waiting? And the report, um, I don't know if it was in the same article, but mm-hmm. or the same guy, but he just spent a hundred million dollars to buy a bunch of land in Virginia. To build right. a I'm like, what does that say? Why would you spend that much money if you don't plan on being there? Well, he may plan on being there, but the owners are like, we don't right. plan on you being, you can buy all the stuff. I mean, they need to do that. The reporting on FedEx field has just been, I don't, have you been, horrible. have you been Lindsay? Oh yes. So is it as bad as advertised? It's horrible. Okay. Yeah. 
because it's like super small seats. I seem to remember they they did that to get more people in the building. They shrunk the 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 size seats and like you're on top of each other. Like it's like the it, Bear Stadium. The Bears did that too. Yeah, that's but they're moving too. The Bears are gonna go to the suburbs uh, in the not too distant future. So allegedly, uh, we'll see if they actually do. I. I the people that I've talked to in the Bears, they, it seems like that's a done one. Like that one's happening. They're leaving. The I've city. got, I've got some like, like, yeah, I've got some deep dish like in, pizza coursing through their veins DNA. <laughs> Chicago friends and like they all think it's like just kind of like it's such an absurd threat, mm. and it's like such a like like they're just threatening it because they know that it, like that threat alone is insane like to put the Bears stadium like the 49ers moving their stadium to santa clara was like one of the probably the top number one worst things to happen to san francisco sports ever right like and uh cities in the country like you can't not have a your team's stadium there right Mm. and so like i think the bears as a i like people in the city of chicago look at the suburbs like as like like they they look down on it so it would be very interesting to see. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's possible. What bums me out, though, is it seems like once the uh, separate books report came out, where they're keeping two, that was like that was a bridge too far. It wasn't everything else that came out before that. All of the workplace issues, the ten million dollar fine for its workplace misconduct. Um, the toxic work environment, the sexual harassment cases, none of that was a bridge too far. It was, hold on, two books, two books, underreporting income or whatever that was. Like that was the bridge too far, it seems like, for uh, for the owners, which is just a bummer if that's the case. That just pushed them over the edge. We're like, okay, now we got to put our foot down. Maybe Daniel Snyder's actually bad. Maybe that's what we're learning here. Um I don't know. He, he pimped out his cheerleaders to his season ticket holders. Yeah. But God forbid he misreport income. Yeah. And it, we don't, I still don't really understand it. I just see this on, like, it sounds like a movie plot that we don't really dive too much into. We're just like, oh, that's just how we're getting this story going in this uh, action movie is this is what they did. And you're like, okay, now we're going to come get revenge. But you don't actually know the ins and outs and like how this works. And like, this seems pretty crazy. I have no idea how any of that works, but it seems like when I read that report and like, I'm just not qualified to uh, have a take on that other than that seems really bad. That seems like one of those where that's a bad crime. That's a, that's a pretty serious crime. I think we're, we're, we're reaching Donald Sterling levels of like, Mm -hmm. like the owners are for, for the most part infallible, right? No matter how much wrong they do, they seem to always get away with it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Daniel Snyder is like right at that, Daniel Sterling level of like, oh, well, you're so bad now. We don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Like the other owners are like, like, I, cause I don't think the, any owner is like friends with Daniel Snyder. I bet he sucks, but they're probably like, we can't ignore this anymore. We need to get him out. Yeah. Cause none well, of them are good people. And I think his wife's been running the organization the day to day. And that's like something he's been away. And that's like, I guess how they were trying to keep it. Like that was maybe the deal is like, if you want to keep the commanders, then uh, you're out. You can technically own the team, but uh, someone else will be running the day to day. And that's someone else being your wife. So I I don't know, man. I we'll see what happens there. I want to end on this though. Um, 
Lindsay, as someone who knows way more about the AFC North than we will ever know in our life, um, if you had to look at the current rosters and where things are at heading into this summer, how would you post-draft, post-free agency rank the likelihood of final records in the division? So what you think one through four, how do you, like, so who is like, the most? So yeah. is this like if Deshaun isn't suspended? I think we have to throw out. I don't think there's a chance he's not suspended for. Yeah, he's going to be suspended. And I just I mean, don't like, know how long. It could be a money year line, or the money lines. Game. The money lines for game winner games didn't have the Browns even available to bet on. Mm-hmm. Because so I would assume that you have to assume he's going to be suspended. Yeah. So right. we have to throw that caveat in. Okay. So if the Brown, if Deshaun suspended like the entire year, then I'd put them last. Okay. Let's just, say eight games. Okay, eight games. Okay. Um, Jacoby Brissett's in the building. My guy Josh Dobbs is in the building. Okay, I'm I'm putting the Bengals first. I think they're okay. with their offensive line getting better. I think. I mean, I feel like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase is only going to get better. That defense is pretty good. Um, I'm putting the Bengals first. Ravens second. Um, I'd probably put the Browns third. Obviously, if performs not suspended the entire year and then i put pittsburgh last just because i'm kind of unsure about their quarterback situation at the moment yeah that we're literally like the the steelers you're like betting it's <laughs> it's like an un, unstop, unstoppable object versus an immovable you know, but they still just get so lucky no matter what but do. that's what yeah that's yeah they, like mike tomlin refuses to lose but yes. he's finally got a team that's going to lose. So it's like... But see, he drafted, he drafted to not lose. That was his whole thing. He was like, I got to get the highest floor guy in this draft who... Like, the reason Malik Willis is not a Steeler is because Malik needs time. And he's yeah. super raw. And Kenny Pickett's like, I'm ready to go. Like, my locker's 17 feet away. Like, let's just go win seven games. I got you. I yeah. don't know. I just... The worst team in this division, I think, still wins, like, seven games. Like, that's the crazy part is I think... No one in this division is going to have a strong record. I don't think you're going to see any 13 and fours or 14 and threes in this division. I think well, it's going to be, be a bloodbath. Let's let's be real though. Seven games now in a 17 game season is bad. That's true. It's nothing to be impressed by. So like, well, what I'm saying is they're not going to bottom out. I don't think Tomlin is capable of bottoming out. I don't think that's a possibility. So the Steelers yeah. finish last, and they still go seven and. But 10. I mean, like, do you remember the 49ers season right before they drafted Colin Kaepernick? Right before Harbaugh came in. They had six wins. Mm-hmm. They were considered terrible, and then they, you know, then essentially Harbaugh came in and they won thirteen games. Like mm-hmm. I, I could see the Steelers being in that situation where they've got a great head coach, they've got a decent roster, but they have no quarterback, and they'll probably win, you know, seven wins, six wins, and it'll be fine. And then who knows? Maybe they get a quarterback and they'll compete again. I mean, their plan is to keep competing with Pickett. Like, that's what they think, is they think they can continue to keep getting the playoff gate revenue and keep this thing humming because you have the Deontay Johnson. You drafted an Najee Harris. You yeah. have the pieces. You traded for a Minka Fitzpatrick. You have a TJ Watt. Like, they think I. The, it Chase. seems like they're in the Kirk Cousins Minnesota Vikings business where they're like, we have all these great pieces around this. We can keep this thing moving. We're not tearing down. We don't tear down in the city. We are going to keep retooling and keep uh, eh. keep this thing humming. My plan living in L.A. is to be tan, but that doesn't mean that it's going <laughs> to happen. Like, of course, they plan on winning. They've always only ever won. They, you know, they that's what they know. 
But like they're that, that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah, they've always won. They've always been above 500. But this is the season where that's not going to happen. Yeah, but, I don't know. Because it could. Yeah. For me, it goes one Ravens. I think they have the bounce back here. I think it's going to ask a lot for the Bengals to go back to back. I think now that there's a lot more tape and on this group, I think <sighs> Jamar Chase was amazing and I think he caught a lot of people by surprise and just I was on before the season where I was like I think the Bengals have the best three wide receiver grouping in the NFL with Boyd with Chase and with uh, my guy T Higgins and now they lose C.J. Zoma, who Burrow loved a lot he's now in New York um, we'll see what happens there they kind of have a question mark at tight end we'll see if these signings for the offensive line they work they invested a lot of money and resources this offseason in the offensive line but we'll see I just the Ravens have this is the revenge tour. I think they kind of have to. Like this going back to back missing the playoffs because I think what they went 8 and 9 last year, Lindsay, is that right? Yeah. And I just I don't think Harbaugh does that in back to back years. I think you replaced it uh wink with Matt uh McDonald who I think is going to be really good for them. I just a healthy JK Hollywood out of the building because it's just the vibe I think will be good where it's Rashad Bateman's show Mark Andrews, they know exactly who they are. All the receivers know exactly what's expected of them. I don't know. I just, I think the Ravens will be number one. I think I've got the Bengals number two, the Browns number three, and the Steelers number four. But the crazy thing is, if the Browns had 17 games at Deshaun, you could sell me on them being the best team in this division, which well, is yeah, just wild. That's, yeah, but everybody, everyone agrees with you there. Yeah. That's what if they missed the playoff? Like, it, it's so weird. I, it's so hard to figure out what to do with that. I don't know. Evan, what do you have one through four? And we'll, end well I mean, so I'm really surprised what you said about the Bengals. Like, I'm really surprised there. T- NFL teams that lose in the Super Bowl, man. I don't know. I, I, you know, I think the same thing about the Bengals that I think about the, the Chargers, right? They brought in Lael Collins, which is exactly what you knew they need. I think Eli Apple's a really good signing just for as like a bat, you know, like as a as a role player. Hayden Hurst, I mean, both of you should know that, uh, you know, Hayden Hurst is a pretty decent tight end in the right situation, which he's now in the right situation. He's got to stay healthy, man. I just did the Hayden Hurst experience for the last two years. Right. Yeah, I get that. But I'm just saying, like, those are, like, good situations. So I think... For me, Lael Collins is the big thing, right? Having mm. the offensive line, if you give Joe Burrow time to be Joe Burrow, they're going to be in a very good situation. I think they just gave Joe Burrow an extra second. See, every the, snap. I think that's a miscon- like, misconception about Burrow. Is he likes not having time? Like he's no, like no, a no, Russell no, no. Wilson, where you he can... moves outside the pocket. He likes to freelance. He's like one of those guys who actually is kind you, of okay you... with a bad offensive line. You can't have it both ways, though. You can't say Russell Wilson's going to do amazing things now in Denver. No, I'm saying they're kind of wired the same way, where I think you teams can build and can work with those guys because they're not – they don't have to be in the pocket and standing upright. Like, no, they're but okay like more, time, more time to move around is more time to move around, though. True. You it doesn't hurt saying? to have a better offensive line, I don't think, generally speaking, but they so, like it. They like to and, move around. And I, I like to think about things as simple as possible because I am a dumb man. But <laughs> the, if you look at the the Bengals in the playoffs, the the biggest issue they have is the offensive line. They address mm-hmm. the offensive line, right? Like I don't need to like break it down more than that. Bad, take bad thing, make better. So like I think the Bengals have a really strong chance 
I mean, in a, in an AFC conference that's insane this year, I still like them to compete for a Super Bowl. We'll see. We'll see. Lindsay, what can the good folks check out from you across on DOK.com and everywhere else this week? Um, I just finished talking about what's going on with Deshaun and Baker and all of that. So my opinions on that situation are up all over the place. Um, you can find me at Lindsay OK on everything. There you go. There yeah. you go. Go do that. <laughs> Patreon, right? You have a Patreon that folks can subscribe to there. Um, go do that. Uh, Evan, what about you? Uh, you got your account back. You have, you're advertising the old account. What are you doing? You can't edit it posts. I don't think. Oh. Wait, hold on. Hey. Oh, there you are. You're back. Well, Evan yeah. Swords. So, I mean, of course, Swartz. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to your house and cut you. That's what got me suspended on Twitter. Let's see if it gets me suspended on Apple Podcasts. Pronounce my name right, you bastard. Uh, anyways, you can follow me on my actual Twitter account, Evan Swords. It's two swords. It's, it's not Sowards. It's two he swords. hates that. It's swords. It's swords. There's nothing sour about my name. All right? I am easily digestible. I taste great. I'm not sour. It's not sour. It's not Lindsay, sour. He didn't tell me for like a year and a half that I was pronouncing his name wrong. Like, it was just out of the blue one day. He was just like, hey, by the way, um, it's swords. Well, you and... can always tell that he doesn't like go back and watch video because every time he said it, I'd be like, Look, man, if you don't tell me, how am I going to know? You got to broadcast this Sometimes stuff. Sometimes when somebody says something wrong uh-huh. for that long, it just, what's the point of correcting them? Like, people spell my name with an A all the time, and I'm just like, whatever, at this point. I don't care. Well, but I that's, that. I get that. I have one of my best friends growing up literally spelled her name the same, which is why I've always known how to spell yours correctly. But, like, that's, it's different, but it's not bad. The name Sowards is objectively <laughs> bad. Like there's like like it is a right. it doesn't sound good off the tongue. It doesn't nothing about it is good. There's nothing. No one with the last name Sowards will ever be successful in life. They will be uh-huh. in, like they'll be in juvenile detention before they're eighteen. They'll be in prison by the age of twenty five. All right, I am I am only where I am today because my last name is not pronounced Sowards. Wow. Okay. Well, now we know. Not now that I have know. a personal opinion on the matter or anything like that. Very strong take to to end here. Lindsay, thank you so much. name is actually pronounced that way. Or they're going to come for you. There you go. By the way, Sarah in the in the, in, in the room right now just texted me, Sour Eds. Oh. <laughs> Don't make me come back there. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys. Lindsay, it is absolutely always a pleasure having you on and getting to talk to you again. Hope you're well. Give your pup all the kisses and hugs for me. There you go. Lindsay, okay. Evan Swords. I will talk to Evan. Look at him. He just had like a a twitch there. (laughs) Bye, guys. All right. That'll do it for part two here on the Chasing Us podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, all things NFL with uh, Lindsay and Evan. Uh, Very much enjoyed uh, part two here on the Chasing Us podcast. Hope you guys did as well. Uh, New episodes coming out tomorrow. Three-parter, I believe, for the Wednesday, May 25th show. So watch out for that in your podcast player feed. Um, 
Don't forget, email the program at chasedalmostpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at me at chasedalmostpodcast. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chasedalmostpodcast. Uh, go subscribe to the YouTube page, youtube.com. Type in the Chase Thomas Podcast. Find us there. Hit that subscribe button so that you never miss any of our video content and show support on that front. Um, yeah, I think that is everything. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, the Chase Thomas Podcast today here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Hope you guys will join back tomorrow. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you all then. With Eric, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.